You're listening to DraftKings Network. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. I don't know. I don't think it's eye for an eye. I think we've moved past, you know, Hammurabi's code or whatever the fuck it was. You would think. Hammurabi's, <laughs> what, do you think I'm an idiot and I don't know, like, history? Like, I went to school. I'm not dumb. I just say stupid shit and I don't sound educated because I curse a lot. But studies have shown that people who curse are actually smarter. So take that. And people who can't spell are smarter, too. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan, and as always, I am joined by the well-rested, forever effervescent, smiling with that Cheshire cat grin, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you? Yes, I'm fabulous. I had a bachelorette party down the cave, and then I slept for 12 hours in a row. So that was the like compilation of the playoffs and the bachelorette party coming to an end. And I do, I can't stop smiling. I feel like I'm floating on a cloud. <laughs> floating on a cloud. Well, also with us is the grounded multi-sport entertaining women's hockey expert, insider and follower and analyst and the sporter of the most amazing hair color yet, Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi. We like this is ranking number one. Does this supersede the dark blue? I I think so. Sarah, what's your oh. vote? Oh yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It's kind of about the the placement of the blue too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow, we have pumped my tires this morning. I feel great about it. I also noticed your nails match your hair. Was that intentional? Um, yes, because the dye stained my nails. So <laughs> the this the, the the brown is fine. It's the color. It just you take it off a nail polish remover and it's still a stain. So we went from tennis ball yellow to green. We love it. We love it. We love a good matchup. All right. Well, let's get into it, my friends. Since we talked to you last, it has been a very entertaining couple of days before we get to the NHL men's action. There is an important bit o news, Sarah. Bit o news. There is, yes. Boing or whatever sound effect you're gonna have. The bit o news has to do with the fact that after being canceled, rescheduled, all kinds of mishappenings. The women's U18 tournament starts this week today. In fact, Shana, you have all the details for us on where people can check out the action. What can you tell us? If you're in the US, you can watch on ESPN Plus until it gets to the quarter semis and final, which you'll be able to watch on NHL Network. So everyone made such a big fuss about it being canceled and rightfully so. So keep up that energy and actually watch because we won't be watching on a doorbell cam-, cam this year, unlike years past. So there you go. Do you have an early favorite, Shayna? I mean, um, I'm biased, so I'm going to root for Team USA. 
No, actually, I would like to root for any team that's not USA because I'd like to see growth of programs that aren't US and Canada. And I like to see how like Czechia's investing and Finland's investing and Sweden's rebuilding after they took away their funding. So more women's hockey, more competition for all. So we get no more lazy takes about how it should be two teams only. That was quite a journey. We went from I'm all in on USA to yes, absolutely. I changed no my USA mind. Whatsoever. I changed my Oh, and one actually never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I'm gonna write this one down. Hold on. I'm writing something down. Ignore me. Wow. We're done here. <laughs> we are gonna have a whole bunch of women's hockey news for you coming up later this week. So watch for that. Um, I'm sure we'll get to whatever it is that Shana is intently writing down. <laughs> We're good. Holy We're good. I just remember. You know how hard that is? <laughs> I did it. We're good. I typed it. We're here. Good morning. Here. I love mornings. I just love mornings. I'm, I'm with it. <sighs> okay. All right. So be sure to watch that women's hockey action. We're going to have more to talk about in that, like I said. Um, but in the interim, there is the men's uh, NHL tournament is still going on. We are in the conference finals here, and it's been a little bit of a journey um, maybe not exactly what we expected. Um, this group here at Too Many Men has been very transparent. We all favored Colorado as the team likely to come out of the West. Um, that has been our pick since the beginning, although Sarah briefly flirted with Edmonton. But none of us had, um, I don't, none of us had this series potentially going to a sweep. And Colorado now currently leads the series 3-0, they're going to play tonight with the potential to end Edmonton's season in Edmonton in game four. That is a big ask because Colorado has been hit by some injuries. They lose Nazim Kadri, who is now, as we know, definitely out for the rest of this series. At least uh, they have a new goaltender with Ransuz currently playing in net in addition to all the other players they were missing. But nonetheless, Edmonton still can't find a way. Sarah, as our resident Edmonton. Why I hate Wagner. What did you call them the other night? America's team or yeah. something? Or too many men's team? Right. Whatever they are. The Edmonton Oilers. Here they come. I hate, the thing about America is I hate America. So that's <laughs> what happened. <laughs> but I, oh my God. It's obviously the dry sidle, dry sidle situation here we got to talk about. So... <laughs> That's been standing out. What else to you guys in, in this series? Shayna? <laughs> um, I don't want this series to be a sweep. That said, if the series ends and Evander Kane's in the press box, because that stupid fucker got himself suspended by being an idiot, and I don't care. I, I'm sorry if I got us in trouble by saying that. I shouldn't call a player a stupid fucker, but it's Evander Kane and I don't give a shit. Got himself suspended. Can we talk about this for four seconds? That game, the Oilers scored early. They are trying to avoid going on the brink of elimination. The vibes were in their favor. Evander Kane gets a boarding penalty. Five-minute major does not get thrown out of the game for whatever reason. And the vibes all were like, we're done here. They left the Oilers' soul, and they were like, we're going back to Colorado, where we belong. Every you saw Nurse took a penalty. Dry Seidel got hurt. Um, and Colorado took over the game. And it's Dreisaitl's all because of hurt. Kane. It's just more hurt. Yep, it's it. Yeah, more hurt. Excuse me. He had to leave the locker room, go to the locker room, come back. 
The Oilers are now fucked, and it's Evander Kane's fault. They were teetering on the line because their karma was so bad from signing him, and then he proved that us all right and them wrong by making a mistake, and then it burned them. And you know what? You fucking deserve it, Edmonton. Speaking of karma, the, the Tim Peel tweet that was oh, <laughs> so okay. So let okay, let's dig let's dig into the actual hit first, and then we'll we'll yeah. un, unpack tim peel's reaction which is a whole lot um so here's the thing that was interesting to me i thought the hit was dirty everyone has said that is a hit that the player knows is a dirty hit um it's one of the most vulnerable spots on a player's body it's between where your padding is going to line up and then it's directly into the boards but then it was funny i saw um ken weave out of uh, who's covering this series reported in a tweet about Kadri being out you know how you put the injuries in parentheses he said Thumb. And I was like, what? Come on. That clearly has to be a typo. I'd and then, I, and then I heard, right? well, so I've, I have, it has been reported in various ways, thumb, finger, and then apparently he was seen leaving the arena in a cast. Now the specificity of that cast, I didn't see the actual report, so I'm not sure. Um, this was uh, talked about on NHL Network's um, morning skate this morning so full credit to that show um which is where i heard this information while jeff merrick was a guest there um but of all the injuries to come out of that play not to diminish the loss of kadri but i was like it's it's his hand it's his finger what like that just seemed like i was expecting broken ribs i was expecting concussion i was expecting something really bad and it doesn't seem like that's it i don't know what did you guys think of the hit sarah well, it could be more than that, that they aren't yet revealing. You know what I mean? It could yep. be like a double. Call. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's so weird the way we talk about injuries in the NHL. And I get because people don't want to have players targeting certain, but he's out. Like maybe just say the full thing. And I know there's been, I don't know, Kane's exit interviews. They had a few more reveal, like Jarvis revealed certain, I don't know. It's just kind of like, why don't we just, whatever. That's a story for <laughs> The hit exactly it was a textbook dirty hit that like I, I there's been a few borderline hits throughout the playoffs with Truba and it has people questioning what the rule book is and if they need to change it or not because those are by the book pretty clean but this is the opposite of that that's a dirty hit and he deserved the one game suspension for the rest of this is Caesar narrow. <laughs> Shana, you already commented on the impact of the hit on the game, but did mm-hmm. you like the hit? What, what, obviously, I think we all do agree the punishment was more than fair, but any reaction to the actual act itself on the ice? In my totally unbiased way, forgetting who the players are in action at this very moment in time, I still did not like the hit. Good job. I'm good job. Good job. <laughs> no, I, he looked he he vulnerable. I didn't, I didn't like either that it was only a five-minute major and I was going to be upset because I think if he did, got the major and he got the game misconduct, I don't think he would have gotten the one game suspension. They would have said he served most of that game as the suspension, right? Like that's how it works. Usually right, 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 right sideways. Right, right. Right. So I do feel like as much as I, w- I don't like that it was only a major, I did like that he still loses a full game out of it because I think rightfully so. Like that's the repercussions, you know, hello, it's the consequences of my actions. <laughs> so, so Sarah, take, take us. So again, this game, the, the way this series started was so dynamic. I think this is the series that has really captured a lot of attention and is really getting some really in-depth coverage um, during the broadcast as well. So Sarah, 
part of the reaction that came out of this hit was a tweet beginning a flurry of tweets from former NHL referee Tim Peel. Walk us through that journey if you could, if you can, literally. I know, I know. where to begin. Yeah. Well, un- I'll start with an unpopular opinion. I like Tim Peel. I've gotten to know him after he had been fired from the NA or let go the year before he was retiring because he had been caught on his mic trying to make a makeup call, which that's happening around the league, no matter who you are. He's just kind 100%. of the league. But 100%. I think just kind of an older guy tweeting which sometimes like he's a fan of the blues and I think he has taken exception um to the Jordan Bennington collision with Kadri so he and he has had tweeted a few things about that before and he knew this was wrong and deleted it but karma yeah you don't the tweet was as a former NHL ref, karma, yeah <laughs> yeah he tweeted and deleted karma after the uh hit on Kadri. And I think it's probably a bad look to do that as a referee because it shows, oh, they're thinking about things like this. They aren't thinking about, oh, this is unbiased and I like it's carrying over from, but at the same time he was fired. He can tweet what he wants. That's like not a great thing to tweet no matter what the situation, I don't think. But yeah, maybe like take a few weeks off Twitter, my boy. Shayna, did you have any reaction to Tim Peel? I agree. Like, you're allowed to have an opinion about a play. Absolutely, he's allowed to have an opinion about a play or about players. Not for nothing, he dealt with them, and I'm sure he dealt with players who treated him like shit, talked to him like he was a piece of shit, things like that because he was a ref or, you know, has heard so much stuff about his calls, his job, and, you know, his job got critiqued constantly. So, sure, Karma is just, it's a bad look. Like, if you want to think that in your head, that's one thing. To actually speak it is another. To broadcast it to however thousands of people on the internet is a whole fucking other. Like, my God, people. But no, it just, it's, it's, it's in bad taste to say karma. A player just got hurt, and at the time, we didn't know how he got hurt. What if it was neck? What if it was shoulder? What if it right. was his head? And we're right. like, that's a good thing because other players have gotten hurt from them I don't know I don't think it's eye for an eye I think we've moved past you know Hammurabi's code or whatever the fuck it was <laughs> you would think <laughs> what do you think I'm an idiot and I don't know like history like I went to school I'm not dumb I just say stupid shit and I don't sound educated because I curse a lot but studies have shown that people who curse are actually smarter so take that and people who can't spell are smarter too mm-hmm. okay so- <laughs> you're a resident genius <laughs> With that, let's go to your intelligent analysis, which has been some of the best out there on this series. Again, the injuries are mounting up for Colorado, which is going to be a concern for them as they keep trying to progress to the ultimate victory. But Shana, what are you seeing Colorado do that, I mean, we know how dynamic Connor McDavid is, but this is a quieting of him, but a quieting of this entire team and a th- all jokes aside, a 3-0 series lead against this Oilers team is is something. Like, what is happening here that you see? I think it's just interesting, the matchup, because St. Louis had, like, defensive strengths, and they had Ryan O'Reilly. And, you know, Nashville, with through all their flaws, you know, you could find some highlights in their defense, too. Like, 
Colorado is the most wide open of the teams and you could see Colorado exploit. I'm sorry, Edmonton's the most wide open of those teams that they've faced. And I think the other interesting thing is too, is like, do you feel like a weight just got lifted off Colorado that they made it past round two? And they were like, we made it past round two playing our game that everyone has criticized for the last couple of years. You can't win if you're so skilled and you need this, you need that. And now it's like, you know what? This is how we got here and this is how we're going to win. Like maybe that's the attitude or maybe that's just how they feel they have to keep up with Edmonton because their strength as well is like the speeding possession game of guys like McDavid. So that I think is a factor. You're just seeing Colorado play the way we expect them to. And the other part of it is that Mike Smith is Mike Smith still. And yes, he has been good in the playoffs and I will give him credit, but you live by the Mike Smith and you die by the Mike Smith because there are many a saves that you go, that should not be happening. And from the Oilers side, there's underperformances when you saw players step up. Like Darnell Nurse is not having a good series. He deflected that goal, I think, past Mike Smith in game three, and that's pretty glaring. But overall, that was someone who was really good for Edmonton through a lot of the year. And I think he's struggling a lot, and that's burning them because it's not like their defense is super deep. If Nurse isn't clicking, it's Bouchard you're going to expect to step up. And if he can't do it by himself, are you expecting um, Duncan Keith to take 10 years off his life? Because I don't. What are your thoughts? Sarah, what do you, what do you, do you see Edmonton doing? Do you think this is a Edmonton falling down, a Colorado stepping up or both? Yeah, I think the thing we lose sight of sometimes when we're obsessing over these narratives is both is an option. And I do think, and it, I mean, obviously we'll get to the Rangers in Tampa eventually, but it kind of reminds me of that where like, I think both teams have had ups and downs. And I think with the Avs, um, they are very, they've been consistent throughout the whole playoffs, throughout the past few regular seasons and stuff. And I think the consistency builds and going through the highs and lows and not succeeding in former playoffs. I think you get, you gain the tools. It's like side quests and here's the main quest. So I think I'm still just so impressed by Nathan McKinnon, but the, the, the depth that this team has and the Mike Smith, Venus of the, like, I don't know. It's just. <laughs> you mentioned the depth though, Sarah, do you think, are they going to have enough if Kadri is out for the rest of the season, if Kemper is out for the, we don't know. We do not have a more definitive update on Darcy Kemper, obviously, but he has not been playing other players already out of the Colorado lineup as well. Can their depth get them five more wins this postseason? Exactly, because okay. it's only five more wins at this point, and the playoffs is so much about kind of the timing of injuries. Like at this point, you can just say "fuck it" like and go. I, I think you couldn't at the beginning. It's so daunting, and they have all those graphics of like everybody at the top of the mountain, like and with the cups at the top of the mountain for a reason. It's daunt. It's a battle to get there. It's the hardest cup to win, and they're almost there. I think they can. Now that they've come, so they didn't come this far just to go this. Oh, uh, you should yeah. write NHL cup cup final commercials. That's what this yeah, sounds seriously. like. Seriously. <laughs> I rather this in the vein of fluff I'm seeing, please. I, I have a new lease on life. I'm so positive. <laughs> so can do it. All right. So let's end this with again game four. What do you you picked Colorado? What are you seeing from them that you like? And what are you seeing from Edmonton that you don't like? We need your opinion. Well, again, I mean, for me, part of why I've, and I've liked Colorado this entire season, particularly once Vegas got just completely crushed by injuries so early, Colorado was always a league leader for me. And it was because of the 
not just how good they were, but how good they were in all three areas of the game, offense, defense, and goaltending. And for me, it's that balance that is allowing them, because again, Edmonton is a, they have one singular strength. Um, (laughs) Half of it is playing on one leg right now. (laughs) And, you know, I think that when you, when you are trying to go with one prong of the three, when you're, when your three-legged stool isn't balanced, right? Like it falls over and it was already teetering and, even though color, I, I, I worry about Colorado in the final though, if they can get there, I just, I feel like Kemper coming back would be very important as long as he's healthy enough to play. Um, but I, I do feel like it's Colorado's balance. Um, and I really liked what you wrote Shana about game three, which was talking about how Colorado really fought the score effects narrative, which is sitting back and protecting a lead, they continued to push, which again, challenged Edmonton to have to play offensively and defensively, which weakened their ability to attack. So um, it's that balance for me that means Colorado is going to come out the winner. Thank is you that good for enough? your analysis. I, I, you're, really well. yeah, you're not getting out of this. Yeah, yeah, you have to give it. <laughs> All right. And, so and you boost my confidence in one shot because sometimes I write this and I'm like, guys, I'm like fucking idiot. <laughs> I'll like no, read it to never. Richard Blurb and he's like, that's bad. Like, never. So, Look at you. You're welcome. Okay. So here we are game four in Edmonton, just quick initial gut check reactions. Does Colorado win it tonight or will there be a game five and or more Sarah, your take game five. I just can't see like Connor McDavid getting swept. Okay. Again. Shana. Yeah. I'm going to say game five too. I think, I think we saw like, this is similar to last round with game five. St. Louis, Colorado, where they took the three nothing lead, that like this is such a big moment for them to just get over the hill. But I think even if they win in five, that's still a slam dunk of a series, right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to root for chaos and go sweep tonight. Why not? Why you not? just want out of doing an extra podcast, and you that's want me and Sarah to that's be chaotic true. without you. That's not true. I just think it would be wonderful, wonderful, wonderful drama. We have no more Leafs drama. We, well, we always have Leafs drama, but we you always know. have. How does this series affect the Leafs? <laughs> it's either Tyson Barry going home or Kadri. Who do you want from the trade? Or, no, was that the same trade? Yeah, that was the same trade, right? Barry, Kerfoot, Kadri. That was all in the same deal. How does how does the podcast affect the Leafs? Perfect. <laughs> there it is, Sarah. You already mentioned, of course. There's the Eastern Conference Final as well. Tampa with a really just gutsy effort to stick with their game comes back and with less than a minute left yesterday, finally gets their first win of the series Rangers with a two, one series lead. The goaltending from New York continues to be magnificent. So injuries are also affecting the Rangers with Ryan Strom out going out last game. Again, it didn't look like any significant contact on the play um, that Shana clipped and shared on Twitter, but we do know he's out. And I, am, am I correct, Shana? There's, there was no update post game on him. Right. I think they said lower body, but okay. he, he attempted to play a shift. I think he played a 40 second shift and then went right back to the locker room after he was there for a while. And he didn't play at all in the third period. Got it. Perfect. Thank you. So here we are Rangers going up to one, but <clears> Tampa <throat> who to me had looked a little tired and a little beaten down um, before they got buoyed by this win off an incredible, incredible late goal um, is still in this. Sarah, what are your thoughts on the Eastern Conference final to date? I needed more out of it. And then we got that last afternoon with that 
goal. <laughs> like less than a minute left to play. I think the Tampa Bay power play is just such a weapon for a reason. I just think you can't let them get any power plays if, if you want to beat them. And I think obviously maybe we will look back on this and say that was the turning point for the lightning. I don't think they've got enough juice to kind of come back from the two Oh deficit, but I guess we'll see. Um, the Rangers are surprising me, but I guess with a good goalie, anything is possible. And he's been so good, obviously. And I don't know, maybe Kane's fans should feel less bad about losing in seven games to them. There you go. Shayna, what did you see from this Rangers team? Obviously, Mika Zibanejad has just been a standout in addition to his flowing locks. Um, <laughs> but but what, what is working for the Rangers right now and what allowed the Lightning to finally find their way into the win column? So games one and two, the Rangers were really good at five on five. And you could see in game two, the same issue they did have in earlier series, especially game one against the Canes, it stands out. They put together two great periods of play at five on five. And then the third period, they can't sustain it or they start crappy and then they pull it together. They need those three periods together. And that's something obviously they can build on, but they were really good at five on five. And you saw players like Mika Zibanejad standing out. And that's so important because he did get buried in round one until game six and seven. And Adam Fox you know, some of the plays he make, you can see exactly why he was the Norris winner last year and why we speak so highly of the patience, the poise. Sure, he doesn't have the foot speed, but he's so smart in the way he sees plays develop. And the kid line. The kid line was so good in the first two uh, games, and they're forcing the coaches to give them more ice time. But what's super interesting about it is in game three here, it's not the kid line doing it. It's the original triplets. It's Kucherov, it's Palat, and it was Tyler Johnson at the time, and now you see it's Kucherov to Palat for that winner. Like, back in 2015 when they played in the Eastern Conference Final, it was the triplets who burned the Rangers and are the reason, you know, they didn't move on to the cup final. And now we see the kid line stepping up, and it's like, wait, the original triplets, two of them are still here. So it's super interesting to see, but, like, Vasilevsky looked like Vasilevsky at least. That's a positive. The power play, super dangerous for both sides. You could see them taking away that east-west pass, Tampa Bay, and it worked for them. But then you still have to worry about Fox feeding Zibanejad. Like, even if you try to, you know, cheat towards him, they still found a way. But um, it's five-on-five play. Tampa Bay really stepped it up. And in the third period, they were beyond the better team in game three. So it's just figuring out a way to build on that in game four when they don't have home ice because the Sorelli matchup crushed Zibanejad and Chernak and McDonough did not let that line do anything. Yeah, it, it, this certainly hasn't been exactly the goalie duel that we expected this to be. What was it, game one? It's like the first five shots, two goals. Yeah. That's, come on, guys. Just there there you go, Sarah. They're, they're listening to you. They're destroying the narrative. Um, <laughs> but, on, but, but speaking of the of the power play, both of you mentioned that. And it's interesting to me, Shayna, I know you had you have been writing on this and speaking on this, but the lightning power play being such a dangerous and important weapon for them, particularly against a goaltender like Igor Shosturkin, and then you have a player like Truba who takes three. I like Shana called it. the it was, It's the Truba hat trick. Three yeah. penalties in one game. The trouble with Truba, Sarah, how, <laughs> hey, Sarah, what's the impact here? What, how should the Rangers be managing this player? Is he helping? Is he hurting? How is this? What's the impact here of, of what Truba does and doesn't do? 
Yep, this is a conversation that people need to have. There's so many articles that are coming out that are not nuanced or in depth enough about this subject right now because we're just trying to get them out for the playoffs. And it's like, let's wait till the, I don't know, you can do it in the playoffs, but I need a deep dive. Maybe I'll write it. Maybe I'll, I'll write it it's in the off season where you're like, okay, he is a game breaker, but because he's breaking the people's stars, like he's like, he's hurting people. And I, I think it's a live by the blade, die by the blade situation, obviously, where like you're going to be on edge and depending. I thought it was interesting that all the, it was Wes McCauley who had like all of his controversial hits he was there for. So I think what would that have looked? I know we're talking about kind of something different, but like, what would that look like if there was another, maybe different referee there making that call? So I think maybe it looks like the, him getting penalties called on him in Tampa and having him them lose the game because of that. You know what I mean? It's such a, it's a complex situation. It's like an existential question we are facing in hockey right now. That's kind of how much is this helping your team or how much is it hurting it? I don't know. Shayna? No, I like, I, I agree what you said. Like I, I, it makes a lot of sense too. like, you have a different referee and there's three penalties. One leads to a power play goal against second leads to power play goal against the third one negates the four minute advantage because he's on power play two, which is a conversation in itself. And there's value to being physical in hockey. Body checks are valuable because you can separate a player from the puck, but you, there, there's a line you can't cross, and whether something is technically clean or legal doesn't mean it's what it should be in today's game, too. And that's a conversation, and when you constantly walk that line, like, you are putting yourself on alert to referees. They should know to look out for you. And I think it's interesting because you look at that pairing, and it's Kandre Miller who has been the Rangers' best player in the second half of the regular season. And yes, he's had moments where he struggled in round one when he was matched up against Crosby, but he has that size advantage to be physical and he's really learning to. And I think you could see it even in game three. There are plays where he just muscles players off the puck and he puts his arm out and knocks them clean off it. He's not sending players out to have concussions and not remember the rest of their day. Truba can, I think, play this physical game that he wants to play that does have value in this league, but I think he has to work on it. And I think it's just a matter of working on your discipline. And people are going to very easily point out the fact that he makes $8 million, you know, a year on the cap and go, he's not providing enough value if he's in the box in these costly, you know, in these high pressure situations. Like it could have been a different game had he not taken two penalties that led to power play goals against and one that took away the best advantage the Rangers had to score when we knew the importance of special teams. So he still he has to work on his game, and I think it. I'm sure it'll be a learning curve to adjust, but I just think he has to clean it up a little bit more. Without, I'm not saying become a different player, but just find a way to walk the line a little bit better because you can't have it where you're worried that if he's on the ice, they'll take a penalty against Tampa and pay for it immediately. I don't think, and I actually really like him off the ice, and I yeah. don't think this is his fault. I think he's doing what he's paid for. He's doing yeah. his job. And I think we need to look at the rule book. And I don't know, I asked Rod Brindamore about this because he said before he wants fighting out of the game. And I'm like, I'm looking at this 20 year old player getting concussed because of this situation. And I asked Rod, like, what do you think 
we can do in the sport. And he's like, I don't think there's anything. He, he says he is fine with the hit and he knows this is a risk you take when you're playing hockey. So I do think there might not be a solution to this, but yeah. I, it's like, we have to at least try to look at it. Like I want to see the department of player safety try to look at this and give us an explanation. Yeah, I agree. And just even without the hits, it's just not taking other penalties aside from the hit. Like, it's like the fact that he's the player in both of these scenarios, it's like, okay, what are you doing that either you don't have the puck as often that you're behind the play that you're trying to make these plays to take the puck away from other players. And then you're crossing a line. Like, I don't know. I think that you're right though. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And a lot of people appreciate what he does. And there are a lot of players who think this is what hockey needs. So it's just two different philosophies kind of converging and it comes down to like this one player because we keep seeing the same plays over and over again yes the definition isn't it interesting you know women's hockey might have this figured out what they there's that is a physical physical game folks if you have not watched it but um the way that they control like now listen women's hockey players still run risk of cte and head injuries as well so it's not perfect um but maybe it's the definition of what physicality and physical play and and what that means in policing the game, as many like to say, um, comes down to become. Anything else on this Eastern Conference series to date, my friends? We at least have a series now. We at least have a series. That's a good thing. It is, for yeah. sure. For sure. And we, to remind you, we at Too Many Men, um, Shana and I both had picked Tampa Bay in six. Sarah had picked Tampa Bay in seven. So uh, it sounds like we think there's still a lot more hockey to come um, and hopefully we all get to enjoy that. And that it's very, very good as well. We'll keep coming back at you with on ice NHL updates, recaps and analysis, but we of course, and Sarah, do you have something there? I saw you take a breath. I was gonna say, I'm so fucking smart. <laughs> well, it's true. It's, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. We will keep coming back to you with recaps of on ice NHL action and women's hockey as well. But we end every episode as is tradition with fuck, Mary kill. And like I said, listen, friends, we fully own our bias here at Too Many Men. We've told you all that we all think that Colorado is the cup favorite this season. But as of right now, there are still three other teams in this NHL 2021-22 season. So while we still have three other options, we thought we'd give them a run at fuck Mary kill. So Sarah, you are up first in terms of Edmonton, New York Rangers and Tampa Bay. Fuck Mary kill. Kill in Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. I just don't, I don't want to see a three in a row. I just don't, that's boring. We need more of a plot. Um, I, or maybe they're a great we're really thinking about fucking marrying and killing. Maybe they're a great partner that is consistent, but whatever. I get bored easily, so we're killing it. Um, we are marrying uh, the Rangers. The kid line giving that energy. We love it. We love a little, love that. Um, we are going to fuck. Of course you are. Edmonton. Of course. We're gonna hate fuck Edmonton. You love them. I I was loving them because I wanted to see it. I wanted to see it happen, but I'm still disappointed. So <laughs> I don't know. I felt bad, then I felt good, then I felt bad again. This is like the worst friends with benefits situation ever. 
Shayna, your picks. I'm going to kill the Oilers. I don't like how they're built. I don't like Evander Kane. I don't like Duncan Keith. I've made it abundantly clear. So sorry, Connor McDavid, as much as I like your game, I'm killing your team. And I'm sure you might want to do the same when you get eliminated this year. I'm going to fuck the Rangers because there are some promising pieces there. There's some fundamental issues within, I think. But, you know, that's fine. They're fun for now. They're young. Why not? And then I will marry the Lightning. Not because I want them to win three in a row. I know. I can't help it. Um, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Only you're the person that's using my hand motion. So we have to clip it. Otherwise, I look like I sound crazy. Crazier than I am. I am going to marry the Lightning. Not because I want them to necessarily win three in a row, but I do like the way that they were built. And I like the way that their core was their skill players. And we all talked about their amazing third line last year with, you know, Barkley Udrow, Yanni Gord, and Blake Coleman. But they handled it really smart. They were like, we can't afford these players. Look at the contracts they got. We can find new versions of them, which is the way you should be doing it. I love that they went, who's the next version of the clutch playoff players that everyone's going to spend a lot of money? It was... You know, at the time, Barkley Goudreau and Blake Coleman, now it's Nick Paul and Brandon Hagel, who was a really smart acquisition because he's young and super cheap and signed for a couple of years. So I like the way that they've handled their team building. And I think that's that's a good team that to win and kind of set the standard the last two years. And the fact that they're still in it, it's like, hmm, maybe they had a point because I think if they lost super early, people would be like, maybe they should have kept their third line. And it's like, no, third line complemented the skilled core. So... That's my thinking. I still want Colorado to win it all if I had to choose. If it's Tampa or Colorado, it's not going to be Tampa, but for this. <laughs> all right. Well, my, my picks actually match yours, Shayna. Shocker. Um, I'm going to kill Edmonton because I just cannot with them. Cannot. Um, and as I said, I don't think, like you said, Shayna, I don't think they're built properly. I don't think that they are a balanced team. And, you know, everyone says you need at least two of the three, a number one forward, a number one D-man, and a number one goaltender to really contend. And they're just not there. And they keep taking little shortcuts to not get there and only invest on their offensive side, really. Um, But that's I'm going to kill them. I'm going to fuck the Rangers because, again, they're close. Um, but I don't, they're going to be a really strong team. And I've said that for the past two, three seasons now, but they're still building. So it's coming. Um, and I am the one, I am invested in the three-peat now. I can't help it. They brought me in, they've sucked me in. I'm emotionally concerned and invested in them potentially doing this. I think it'd be a great story. I like the way they're persevering. So I will marry the lightning. There you go. All right, friends, anything that I missed this is a podcast. They can't hear your shaking heads. No, you crushed it as per usual. You covered it. <laughs> All right, friends. Well, as we said, we will be back to keep breaking down the on ice action as these series get closer and closer to their finales. We'll be with you all along the way. In the meantime, feel free to follow us on Twitter at two underscore much underscore man. Check out our website at too many menpod.com. Check out our merch, which has the, the link is in our show notes, in our Twitter bio, and on our website where you can get delightful fanny packs to carry your beverages, which you then open and pour into your favorite too many men beverage container. And until then, be good to each other. Remember, we don't accept racism. We don't accept sexism. And happy, happy pride to all of our LGBTQIA plus friends and allies. We will talk to you again soon. 
love you. Love you even more if you give us five stars on iTunes. That's my new thing I'm obsessing about. Love it. We love charts. Turn us up, baby. Bye.